0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Duke, last night, beat Miami. Smacked around Miami. Duke, starting to look like a national title contender. For a few reasons. One, there's no juggernauts, as we've discussed, right? There's... Uh, No, unflawed, unflawed. Most people say flawless. There's no flawless contender out there. So Duke, with admitting flaws, starting to look like a national title contender this year. They're starting to put it together at the right time. They're starting to build towards the end of the season. John Shire, the head coach, who, by the way, we're going to talk about this, but when I say put it together, it might be... uh, putting it less together. He's just playing less guys, and it's working. Shorten the rotation. Here's John Shire on what he thinks is clicking right now for the Blue Devils.
2: Yeah, I think so quickly, I'm not saying you guys. I'm just saying in general, people can uh, draw early conclusions about who people are, who teams are, just as with teams, all along, we've t- talked about privately, just getting better in the whole season, and you know, We want to be at our best in February and March, and I think we're on an upswing. Uh, I think we've continued to get better. I think these guys have shown incredible toughness. With, not, with things not going their way, you find out about people the way they respond. And uh, all these guys, man, they've responded at different times throughout the seasons, whether it be setbacks, whether it be losses. They just kept working, kept believing and uh we need to continue to do that but to me it's 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 about their character it's about the makeup of the guys we
1: have in the, in the locker room a lot going on in that answer a lot going on well here here's why maybe we we had opinions of the team at the beginning of the year and now we have different opinions uh you were playing better now than you played before helps <laughs> when you're playing poor or you're not playing well or you're not playing up to your potential, however you want to word it, it's not our responsibility to go, "Hold on, they might they might get better later. Let's not discuss." Right? You lost some games that that weren't super uh, impressive and and we talked about it, and now, right? You're playing much better and we're going to talk about it. If if there was something going on in those earlier games where it was like, oh, you know, there's an injury that once that guy gets back, he solves all their problems. Or if there was something obvious like, hey, all they have to do is make their free throws, then we we would have said that. But the fact was you were getting outplayed by teams with less talent than you for a little bit there. And now you're starting to make teams that you have more talent than. Look how it should. Right? D- Dennis brought it up off air. Talking about this game. And he said, well, yeah, well, Miami wasn't exactly 100%. No, they're missing one of their best best players, Nigel Pack. And it's fair, but also Duke made them look like a team that was missing <laughs> one of their best players. That's what we're talking about. Honestly, the way that Duke played if Pack and I think it was also they had one other guy missing, had those guys played, I don't think it would have really would have made a difference it, based off how they played last night. It would have been closer. 20? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been like but that's what you do. If you if you're the more talented team, you look like the more talented team. If you are the team that's healthier, you make the other team look like they're scrambling because they don't have their full rotation. That's all you can do, right? That's all. If if a team doesn't guard the three well, guess what you have to do? Knock down some threes. If they don't have good post defense, guess what you should do? Get a bunch of points in the paint. If they're playing a team where they're not as good, look like they're not as good.
0: And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state of the art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,
1: Because Jared McCain was coming off a 35-point game where he broke a bunch of records. Jared McCain was coming off being anointed a lot of things. Quiet game production-wise for McCain. From like a a baseball card stat, right? I, I call them baseball cards because, you know, you go back to pre-analytics. Baseball is all about home runs, RBI, batting average, right? Now we have 900 different stats. Yeah uh but but it's for basketball the 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 baseball stats are points rebounds assists right from that very basic look at the game, McCain had a quiet game. I still like what he did though. I still like that he was out there by the way, tied for the team leading minutes uh I still like that that he he brought the swagger right he brought the attitude that's what this team was missing early in the year. Jared McCain had what like seven points scored mm-hmm. i if you watch the game, I think you could name all seven. You're like, he hit his first three. Everybody, you know, it was pretty exciting. Uh, he had the dunk. We're up to five already. Like, like when when all of his points are energy points, right? They ignite the team. They ignite the crowd. They, they – or quiet the crowd since they're on the road. When all of those points are that way, and he was doing the little things, like five minutes left in the game, game's already out of reach. It's, I don't know, 25 points. I'm just picking a number. Game's already out of reach. Duke <laughs> – I mean, they, they really didn't even go to their bench even once it was decided very much. Uh, Sean Stewart played a little bit. That was about all. But uh, games decided, like five minutes left in the game. Ball is bouncing out of bounds under Duke's basket, the basket Duke's going to score on. Jared McCain, who, by the way, as a guard, most guards in that situation aren't even mixing it up down low. But he's down there chasing rebounds. Dennis has pointed that out a bit. Mm -hmm. As far as guards go, he he loves getting 10 rebounds more than just about any other guard. So he's down there mixing it up. Ball's bouncing out of bounds. He hustles, jumps, saves it just barely. But guess what? Saving it under your own basket, always a good deal. Ball finds its way into one of his teammates' hands. They find a, a cutting Proctor. Proctor gets a bucket. There is nothing on the stat sheet that goes to Jared McCain there. If it were hockey... He would get yeah, an assist. He would get the second assist there. <laughs> but but nothing goes there. And I love that from McCain. This is a blowout in a game that he doesn't have a, a great individual stat performance. He's a guard, so nobody would look at him and go, geez, didn't get a rebound. But he put the effort in, didn't get the rebound, just tipped it in, saved it to a teammate, got his teammate the ball, Got his uh, who got the ball to his other teammate to score, Proctor. That's what I love about McCain. And that's why I think he should be the engine. Mitchell, Filipowski, they can be the guys down low. They can score a bunch of points. Proctor off the bench seems to be doing better as he's, when he when healthy as of late. Uh, Roach can be the shooter. All that can take place, but Jared McCain has to be the attitude. And yes, as I mentioned, they've shortened the heck out of their rotation. Mm-hmm. It is five guys. I know Stewart played like 10 minutes, but that was a product of the game flow. In a game that matters, it's going to be six guys, five and a half. Yeah, Stewart played eleven. Ryan Young played ten. Ryan Young's had his minutes cut a oh, ton, massively. Mitchell, Filipowski, Foster, McCain, Roach, and Proctor. To quote uh, uh, Norman Dale in Hoosiers, "My team is on the floor." Right. That's that's who Duke has hitched their wagon to, and and it's a measure of endurance from this point forward. Can those six guys survive? Can those six guys play 30 minutes? Can those six guys run? Can those six guys defend? Can those six guys do all the things that John Shire asks them ask them to do? They, do you think it's a little bit of a risk? I I talked about this with NC State because Dennis Parker Jr. was a freshman that played a bunch early in the year, was in the starting lineup, and then his minutes have been tanked. Uh, Stewart and TJ Power, they're not guys that that uh that had their minutes cut a ton. They just never really had big minutes. In modern college basketball, I'm not sure they're gonna hang around. If I were then this is not exclusive to Duke, if I saw a five star or a high four star recruit not playing at any school in the country, I would go, hmm. I'm sure they would have options, right? And that's not – I don't know their – I know Sh- uh, Sean Stewart's from Orlando because uh, my parents lived down there, and hes he was a big-time recruit. That, thats I, I don't know them personally. But I do know five stars don't sit on the bench often. And it might not matter for Duke because it's like, you want to leave? Fine, we got Cooper Flagg, we got Evans, we got this guy, we got that guy. They're all coming in next year. But it is an interesting decision when a coach kind of settles in on not playing a guy who definitely would play on most teams in the country. For the ones who
0: work hard to ensure their
1: crew can always go the extra mile
0: and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile
2: for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done
1: because a turn back time is what every athlete is trying to do right you want to go back to your glory days you want to go back to to when when you could do the things athletically that your brain says you could um along those lines i just had uh my my college roommate played played basketball at the university of delaware one of my best friends Popped his Achilles playing men's league basketball Ooh, two night or two nights ago. Ooh, it's a brutal injury, and you know what else it is? A slap in the face that we are mid thirties. <laughs> it is it is brutal, and the 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 recovery is going to be long, and it stinks. But I mean, this guy in his prime was you know windmill dunking and and everything else he like a college basketball player would be expected to do. Turn back time. The other reason why it was such an apt. Uh, um, song rejoin, is because it was Cher. And you know what Cher is, is her place in, in uh, music is? As a legendary diva. And some of these guys we're about to talk to might have a little bit of both, or talk about, or might have a little bit of both in their uh, their attitudes recently. A little, I want to go back to the glory days, I want people to remember how awesome I was, and also a little bit of a diva. Uh, bitter old Duke players. J.J. Reddick and J. Will. Let's start with JJ. Uh, JJ has been on a tour of ESPN recently telling everybody that he's smarter than us and he wants to teach us and we don't want to learn from him enough. And you think I'm joking, but that is darn near exactly what he said, just with different words. Here's JJ Redick.
2: Since when is it players' jobs to educate people on basketball? When did that become a thing? When did that become a thing? Isn't that our job? Isn't that our job? I'll answer. I I do that as my job. That's my job to educate people on basketball. I'm letting you speak, and then I'll answer. It's our job, Stephen A., to educate Mm -hmm. people on basketball. It's our job. And here's the reality. This is the ecosystem we live in. I can do a video on my podcast. I can do a video on my podcast where I break down the last nine games the Pelicans have used Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler and what type of actions that has led to. I looked it up this morning. 54,000 views on YouTube, but I want to call out a coach yesterday. Oh, that gets tens of millions of engagements. That's the ecosystem we live in. So do fans actually want to be educated or not? Mm-hmm.
1: Do they? A um, hmm, lot of things to break down here from from what JJ just said. First of all, I don't recall asking to be educated. <laughs> Well, I, the the context of this was is that Stephen A Smith when referring to
0: something that Kevin Durant said and there's context about what Kevin Durant was uh um saying about where his like his place currently is in yep. the NBA and things along that lines and like kind of intangible type stuff. And Stephen A said it's on Kevin Durant
1: to inform people and let people know and like and educate people. Mm-hmm. So that's where this stemmed from. Do fans want to be educated or not? And he looked up the view number on his video of explaining zion williamson as a primary ball handler the answer will always be fans want to be entertained always and if you and if he by the way he said he feels it's his job to educate then you have to find a way to educate while being entertaining right and and guess what educators have to do that teachers right they they put together cool lesson plans. They they do unique activities trying to get you to learn while being entertained because if they just sat up there and read a textbook to you, you wouldn't learn because you wouldn't be engaged and you wouldn't be entertained. To me, I think it's no different than when you and I are Critical of Bryce Young, and it's like, well,
0: he's not reading a defense. And you explain what a quarterback has to see on a cover, too. And we explain mm-hmm.
1: all that stuff that's educating while hopefully also being entertaining. The, the, yeah, I hope, I hope we're being entertaining. Um, and it's why I like, I monitor myself from nerding out too hard or going too deep because then you get past the point. It's the same thing quarterbacks are notorious for it, right? They, they, they get asked a, a tough question at the podium. Right during a press conference, and they say something along the lines of like, "Well, if you have a laser ro- laser rocket jet motion, and you have uh, five seconds on the 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 shot clock, and, and the defense is looking like they're going to roll from a one high to a two high, and you know that they have uh, an edge rush uh, tendency, uh, you know what are you going to do?" And it's like, "Well, uh, probably write a story about it because I'm a journalist and that's my job. I'm not saying I know more than you, JJ." It's it's frustrating when it's when you get to that point and it's all of this. Why does no one want to watch my video of me describing how they're using Zion Williamson? It's like, well, that's kind of what the media business is. You have to put something out there that people want to watch. And if you, and if you criticizing your old coach gets more views, that's fine. As long as you're doing that for good reasons, I'm fine with that too. Right? Some people criticize JJ for criticizing Doc. I'm going listen. If it's what he believes. That's fine. If he's making something up for clicks, it's messed up. If it, but if he believes that Doc has a flaw and he's pointing it out, that's fine. Let's go to the other old Duke player who's getting a little bitter. Jay Will. Jay Will is in the media, as we know. ESPN. I actually think he's pretty good at his, his job. I think he's one of the ones I enjoy more on college basketball. But he has this take on uh, Caitlin Clark, and he's digging in his heels. And star basketball women's basketball player from Iowa. I actually yes and and I know that Dennis jumps in there to explain things. I don't think you had to. Which I think is one of the Fair cooler point. things about Caitlin Clark is for probably the first time I name drop a women's basketball player and there was absolutely no like hey just so you know just so you know who that is. I think she's she's there right the same way if I said uh, you know Kevin Durant you wouldn't jump in and be like oh he plays for the Suns. Like it, it, it it's the first I, I, Caitlin Clark, okay? Here's Jay Williams talking about uh, what she needs to do to be considered great. So you stand, first of all, you're standing by your Caitlin. <laughs> from well, we were talking past, about, we were
0: talking about greatest. And when I hear people talk about goats, right? For me, like, okay, I'm like, okay, you want to be a goat? Like, fine. Like, there's levels of greatness. You got to win championships to be goats. So when people want to don her as the, the greatest of I'm like, let's slow down. I've seen Donna Tarossi, I've seen Breonna Stewart. And you can sit there and tell me all day long, well, she's played with other great players. Okay, great.
2: Championships. That's how we measure greatness overall. So you're, you're
1: saying she's a great player, but you're not putting her in the pantheon of the greatest of all time until she wins a title.
0: Yes. Okay. That's, and that's my opinion. That's, that's, that's okay.
1: I, I just, you know, we qualify Tom Brady the best at winning championships. I've got issues. I've got problems. The, the the first being is very simple you are limiting if, if you to be the all time great have to win championships and we're talking about college here talking about college you have to go to like one of four schools right oh Brianna uh, Stewart oh Diana Taurasi guess where they went to college UConn I guarantee Gosh darn to you, if Caitlin Clark went to Yukon, she'd have rings. But she didn't. She went to the the local school and brought them to the championship game, which you know they don't do very often. Right? Jay Will went to Duke. Yes. Championship. Congrats. Big fan. But also, if you went to Iowa, would you have a championship? <laughs> I don't know, right? You might still have your wooden award. Caitlin Clark has one of those. Uh you might you might still have uh records. Caitlin Clark has more of those, but but to rob her of her greatness because she hasn't won championships is tough. Especially when you just you, you also didn't describe Big Ten championship. She's got a couple of those. Does that count? No? Doesn't count? Fine. Fine. She's got two. Throwing that out there. Uh Caitlin Clark is one of the greats. And and you know, I hate the oh, it's my opinion, and that's okay. It's inarguable. She's one of the greats. She's the leading scorer of all time, and she wins at a high clip. She didn't get over LSU. LSU, just they, they were a better team. Caitlin Clark was the best player on the floor. And she's done it in less than four seasons getting that record. True. This is not a COVID record. Yeah. She could come back next year. She could. What if she gets an extra COVID championship? Will Jay count that? It's a fifth year. She's not supposed to have one of those. Mm-hmm. Stop being bitter.